Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Isn't there? Like everything that's going on at the moment says, pull in, stay home, don't connect, isolate. And in the spirit, we're saying, let's go big. Let's, get, let's be people who push out, who go beyond and actually aren't afraid to hear from God, express God, love God, make some space for Him in our lives. Um, our key scripture is from Isaiah 54, and I'm going to read it to us from two translations. Um, first from the NIV. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And in the message translation, don't you just love reading the same kind of thing in another translation? Because it really illuminates stuff. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Think big. Spread out. Elbow room. (laughs) Making some space. You know, maybe it's just as simple as I'm going to open my heart to you, God, a little bit more this year. I'm going to open up on the inside. That stuff that I was trying to keep, you know, locked away or didn't want to deal with. God, I'm just going to open the door a little bit more in my life. Could we approach 2022 in an open-hearted kind of way? Open our lives a little. Be more real. Be more vulnerable. Don't hold back. Psalm 81 verse 10 says this. Open your mouth wide and see if I won't fill it. You will receive every blessing you can use. If we take that bold and audacious step to say, God, I'm going to open myself up a little bit more this year. He says here, hey, I'm going to fill that gap. If you make some space, I'm going to come into that. I'm going to fill that space and you will have every blessing that you can use. When we are faithful to make room, he is faithful to fill it. But it might take addressing a few things in our lives. (laughs) You know, are you retreating? Are you stuck? Are you closed off? Are you living a little smaller than you know you should? Emotionally, spiritually, financially, relationally? Are you stuck in fear? Are you stuck in anxiety? Are you stuck in offense? Are you stuck in unforgiveness? Are you stuck in disappointment? Are you stuck in disillusionment? Has there been suffering and loss and grief? Have there been failures and mistakes? Let's not rehearse that stuff anymore. (laughs) Let's not live looking back all the time at all of that stuff. Could we start looking forward in faith? Could we say, this is my future. These are the promises I'm stepping into. This is my purpose. This is all that God has for me. Could we gather the courage to look up and to push forward? Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. You'll receive every blessing that you need. God wants to meet us right where we're at, in the middle of it all, in the middle of our thinking, in the middle of our hearts, in the middle of our stuff, if we allow him some space, if we make some room. Today I'm going to take a a really probably quite well-known scripture. 
even if you don't go to church, even if you've never been in church before, I reckon you probably know this scripture. I'm going to take a really well-known passage of scripture, and I'm going to pick three thoughts from this story about how we can make some space in our lives for God to move. The story is when Jesus feeds 5,000. And it's found in Matthew 14, verses 13 to 36. And I'm going to read it to us, and then I've got these three thoughts that I'm going to share. It says this, As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a, rem- in a boat to a remote area to be alone. I want to give you context before I go any further. The news that Jesus had just heard was that his cousin had been beheaded. So Jesus, in this minute, can you imagine the grief and the sorrow and the heartache and the pain that was going on in his life in that moment? He had just heard that John had been beheaded. And so he jumps in a boat to try and get some space, to try and get some time alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. When I, when I read that, I think, wow, in the midst of his own grief and his own pain, he was able to have compassion for others and he was able to minister healing to the crowds in the middle of everything. I heard a pastor once say, sometimes you just have to grieve along the way. And in the midst of grief, there can be other things too, like love and laughter and joy. So in the middle of Jesus' grief in this minute, he's still able to have compassion for those that he's doing life with. So whatever we are facing, if we don't look too far inwards, if we start to get a little bit of an outward perspective, we too can minister with compassion and healing and grace in the midst of everything. Verse 15. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up towards heaven. He blessed them. Breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? 
When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. After they'd crossed the lake, they landed on the other side. And when the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. Three thoughts from this passage this morning about how we can make some space in our own lives for the miracle of God, for him to bust in right where we're at and expose us to some new thinking and living and faith. The first is God's maths. The second is stretch your mind. And the third is let's overcome some fear. So firstly, God's maths. So for those of you who don't know, I'm an accountant. Love maths. Love me some maths. And maths is like a puzzle that can always be figured out. There's an answer. There's a correct answer and there's a wrong answer. And there's nothing in between. There's no gray. Okay? Five plus two equals seven. Jesus' maths, five plus two equals 5,000. He really messes with my world. <laughs> he messes with the, my ability to do maths. Jesus' maths, God's maths, is very different to our maths. God's miracles can't be calculated. God's ability cannot be contained in numbers. It cannot be worked out in your mind. God's generosity cannot be calculated by you. Some of us are living a life that is just too calculated. By your calculations, it doesn't quite work out money-wise, time-wise, sacrifice-wise. But your calculations are failing to take into account God. <laughs> God's math says, give and you will receive. Those who lose their life will find their life. God's maths is crazy. Five plus two equals 5,000. Perhaps some of the things that you're calculating in your own life right now, you're like, that doesn't add up. I can't see that managing to work out. Have you forgotten to include God in the equation? And I guess the question is, where do you need to let go of your own calculations and trust God? So God's maths. Secondly, could we stretch our minds? You know, three times in this story, the disciples truly had their minds blown. Five plus two equals 5,000. <laughs> I bet they were like, <gasps> I just love that there was 12 baskets of leftovers because that's like one each, you know, goodie bags from the party. And then, and then there's the walking on water. Jesus walks on water first. If that wasn't crazy enough, then Peter walks on water too. <laughs> and then as soon as Jesus got in the boat, the storm stopped. So three times in this one passage of Scripture, <laughs> their minds would have just been going, who is this guy that we get to do life with? That's where the miracle lies, when we can open up and we can stretch our minds to what could be possible with God. It's the realm of faith. In all of the moments of miracle and breakthrough and victory in my own life, there has had to be a stretch taking place here. I cannot manage my way into that miracle. I have to allow my mind to be transformed by God 
to step into that. I was chatting with some really good friends of mine um, on Friday, Mark and Monica. They passed our London church, and um, we used to be in London um, under their leadership, and um, we stay in touch, and we have a chat group, the four of us, and anyway, we had a group call. Who knows that those are carnage, eh? Like, <gasps> Everyone trying to talk at once and, you know, all of that. Um, at one stage, they said to me, oh, Desiree, we can't even hear you, but you're really animated. <laughs> I like, I have to do it all again. Um, anyway, we were talking about the, the stretch in our minds and how over the last 12 months, um, three out of the four of us have, have sought some counsel, some therapy, just to try and move some of our thinking on, to move past some emotion, move past some stuff that's taken place. We've done some clearing of our minds. And, you know, this, this is crucial. If our minds are too cluttered, we don't have room for God to tell us something new. Um, I watched a TED Talk last year. Who loves TED Talks? They're like the shortcut to, like, this person's life's work, right? So the TED Talk thing is like a 20-minute presentation on somebody's whole life. So their greatest encounter, their greatest finding, or their greatest revelation, their greatest thing. And we get to watch it in 20 minutes and absorb all of that information. I'm like, yes, please. But it's a, you know expert telling us something. And I watched one of, um, by this guy called Steve Peters, a professor. And he's actually someone who works with um, athletes to get their mind into the game. So he works with them to transform their thinking so that then they can have more of a winning attitude. And um, he's written a book called The Chimp Paradox, and he presented this TED Talk about how we could learn to manage the chimp, and I'm going to explain this to you in just a moment. Um, He said you can basically view your mind as made up of three parts, a chimp, a human, and a computer. The chimp responds pretty quickly with some emotions. (laughs) Who's got chimp minutes that happen? Yeah, thanks, Hannah. Me too, yeah. (laughs) You know, we've all got those, you know what it's like, eh? the fight, flight, whatever the other one is, you know, that moment, the chimp reaction, okay? So everyone knows exactly what I mean when I say the chimp. And then there's the human, meant to be more rational, (laughs) meant to be able to process a bit more information. And where we get that information from is the computer. And so this whole concept was we can actually learn how to retrain our minds through the computer to pull the right responses and reactions to things that go on in life. He offers some ideas on how to train your chimp (laughs) through what you store in your computer. Basically, I think the most useful strategy from this book and from the TED Talk was how to develop mindsets in your computer so that you have stored them up so that any time you come up against a scenario, a circumstance, something happens, instead of going to chimp crazy mode, you're able to pull out some rational thinking or a new idea or you've got some transformed thinking in the computer and enables your human to step in. I think I would like to be more human, less chimp. (laughs) And um, he, he said there, we have to reboot and rebuild our internal computers. And do you know what he said? It's unnatural. It's hard. So naturally... It's fun to react like the chimp. (laughs) But he's actually saying, could we be a bit unnatural, do the work to build the right mindsets in our computer so that we have the right things to pull on when we need them, so then we respond in a more rational manner. 
And I want to take that concept a little bit further. He said, hey, it's unnatural, let's do it. And I want to say, let's be supernatural with it. Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We can reprogram, rewire, reboot our mindsets through the Word of God. We can get some healthy mindsets, some places that we can stretch in faith by coming back to the Word of God. Let's live Romans 12 too. Because then if, you know, we can renew our mind like this and, and have God's Word going on in our mind and in our heart, then we can step into all those promises that God has for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're for good and not for disaster. They'll give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God has made a way for us to experience life in abundance with him. Every single day, he's made incredible promises for each of us to step into. But the battle to experience those promises is actually waged up here. We fight it in our mindsets. We fight it in our thinking. And there has to be a stretch if we want to make some space for God in our lives. Our confidence is in him, the one who gives the promise. Not in the promise, but our confidence is in God. You know, I've got some personal promises from the word and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've got some of your own too. But some of mine, Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. John 14, 27, peace is my inheritance. John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go. Jeremiah 31, 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Psalm 18, I thunder from heaven at anything that tries to destroy you. Psalm 1, you are planted and you will flourish. Proverbs 2, I give you wisdom and revelation. Jeremiah 1, 5, I have anointed you. Promises from God. You know, when Peter stepped out of the boat towards Jesus, he allowed some stretch in his mindsets. In his human thinking, walking on water is not possible. But Jesus said, come. And so he hopped out of the boat and he walked towards Jesus. So we've got God's maths versus my maths. We've got stretching our mind to make some space. And thirdly, we're going to have to overcome some fear along the way. The disciples experienced real fear in the boat. They were terrified, it says in the scripture. There was a big storm. That was terrifying. And not only that, they then saw something or someone walking towards them on the water. But you know what? As a result of them staying in the middle of that fear, something new emerged. Faith. They didn't run from the hard thing, although they may have tried to. They didn't tap out. They faced the unknown, and they received this greater measure of faith as a result. Their revelation, I love reading that passage where it just said, wow, you're really the son of God? Like their eyes were opened. So in the middle of faith, 
I mean, in the middle of fear, faith arose, and they saw Jesus for who he truly is. Pretty amazing. You know, in, in our natural human response, we don't want to be stretched. We want to resist. Fear's real. We don't want to push in. That hurts. Unwilling to go into the unknown. But let's be reminded of what God says in the Word. 2 Timothy 1, verses 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of love, power, sound judgment, personal discipline. God has not given you the spirit of fear. We used to write this, um, we had a blackboard door in our house when our kids were little. We used to write it on the door. God has not given me a spirit of fear. As we went in and out of our house, into the world and back home, into the world and back home, God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, in the passage today, in the, the scripture that I read, there was a directive from Jesus to his disciples. Hop in the boat and go to the other side. And in the middle of it, a storm came. In the middle of it, fear arose. But there was also a promise there, a directive from Jesus, go to the other side. <laughs> I think sometimes when we've heard from God and we step out and we've made some space for him to move and then a storm comes, it's natural to want to pull back. But the promise remained, go to the other side. And in the middle, the disciples experienced miracle and encounter and their faith grew because they held the course. You know, in your own life, you have promises. You have directives from Jesus. He's given you a word. Don't pull back. Don't be unwilling to go into the unknown. It says in the Bible in Ephesians 2 verse 10, you are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do good things he planned for us long ago. You're a masterpiece. There's plans and purposes for you to walk into. Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you. Powerful promises. There's words from God, directives for your life. Don't allow the storm to derail you. Don't allow the mess and the noise and the other things to take you off course. I'm on my way, God. I've heard from you. And in the middle of all of that, there will be personal encounter and ministry from Jesus. There will be a moment for you to encounter him and your faith to be built. Don't be afraid. The storm may look big. The stuff that's coming at you in the middle of it all may be messy. But God is right there with you. With one word, Jesus calmed the storm. He promises us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. You know, Jesus and Peter get back in the boat and immediately the storm stops. And they worship Jesus and they have this fresh encounter of who he really is. And then they cross the lake and they get to the other side. I'm thankful for that part of the scripture. You know, because we could have just ended the reading there. Okay, the storm stops. Oh, great. 
But, you know, the, the mission, the call, the purpose, the idea was to get to the other side. It wasn't to hover in the middle forever. <laughs> it was to get to the other side because on the other side, there was work to be done, ministry to be had, healing to be delivered. There was other people waiting on the other side to have their moment with Jesus, for their lives to be transformed. I wonder what's on the other side of you making it. I wonder who is waiting on the other side of you continuing to go through and come out the other side with Jesus, to lift in faith no matter what it looks like, to stretch your mind and to get to the other side. I wonder who is waiting for healing, for breakthrough, for a moment with Jesus. Um, worship team, can you come up and um, join me, please? There's this quote that I love from Helen Keller, and it says, um, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. 2022. Could we launch out into the deep, the daring adventure? Could we make a little bit of space for God to shift our thinking, to stretch our minds, to lift our eyes in faith? Faith empowers us to see. Could we lift up our eyes and go, God, what are you orchestrating for my life? What is in store? He's the architect. He's the designer. He's the builder. What does he have in store? The miracles that he wants you to step into. Relationally, emotionally, in your career, in your family, in your school, in your university. Let's step. Let's step in. Let's do the daring adventure rather than shrinking back. The Word of God is our strength. He is our courage. He's where our help comes from. Will you make room for God in your maths, in your calculations? Will you allow Him to stretch your mind to think about things a little bit differently? And could you overcome some fear? Whatever comes across your path, stay the course. Overcome fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.